and welcome everybody again to another edition of Turnbuckle Talk. This is Slade, and again, my co-host, uh, the one day late birthday boy, Matt. Matt, how's it going down there in South Mississippi? Oh man, it's going great. Like you said, I had my uh, birthday yesterday. Uh, they get a little less meaningful every year, in my opinion, but that's a different story for a different podcast that I'm not a part of. Um, but it was a good time. It was a good day. Got obviously had to work, but afterwards, uh, my fiance and son took me. It was kind of a surprise, just because I haven't done it in a long time. But I always mention it, and I didn't honestly didn't know Hattiesburg had it. But she took us to the band cages for my birthday, so we got to swing the baseball bat a little bit. And, oh, cool! Uh, got to do that with my son, you know, and and, and kind of quote unquote coach him up, but. Um, at the end of the day, he is still four years old, so <laughs> I don't know how much coaching up there is at this point. But he, he got a few knocks, so I was proud of him. Um, there you go. You know, I told Carrie, I said at his age at four, I said I wasn't hitting off of a pitching machine. I was hitting off of a tee, you know what I mean? So, hey, the boy hit about four of them the, the right way. Um, so that was a proud dad moment, and that was fun. Uh, That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome to hear. So it's she knows I'm not big on like doing any, you know, I'm not going to a different country for my birthday or something extravagant. Like I, right. if it was up to me, I wouldn't do anything. I'd go work, go home, go you know, take a shower and go to bed. Uh, but she kind of, I could kind of tell she wanted to do something for me. Uh, so I went along with it, you know, because uh, I know she, she wouldn't have overplanned it. You know what I mean? Uh, right. Last honestly, the last thing I want to do personally after working ten hours is come home and have to go do something else for four hours. You know. Anyways, um, uh, but yeah. So it it. So yeah, it, it turned out really great, man. No complaints. Uh, always appreciative of people that reach out to me on my birthday. You reached out to me on the fa- on, on the Facebook, as as I like to say, uh, and I appreciate that. But yeah, man, it was a a good day. You've got the Bret Hart tick, the SummerSlam, the The WCW. Oh, dude, I put that in front of every uh, social media site. It's the Facebook, it's the Twitter, it's the TikTok, it's the yes, the next Snapchat or whatever. I don't even use which. Which, to be fair, when Facebook started, it was thefacebook.com. True, and I was. Like I, I am like old I, enough. I, I won't tell you my age on the podcast yet because I probably already have, and it doesn't really matter. But for story time purposes, uh, I was around, you know, young enough to remember the the quote unquote real beginning of Facebook. Um, I think I was in high school when I heard about it. But yeah, so the Facebook, the Twitter, I, the TikTok. Yes. Um. But yeah, it it was a good day, man. Um, like I said, very appreciative of everybody. And speaking of social media, Slade, I bet you don't know where I'm about to go. I have a, I don't actually. Are gonna are gonna talk about the massive amounts of social media stuff that happened for what happened on Friday night or on Saturday night? Well, at first I was going to say we need to promote the damn podcast, Slade. Oh, good call. <laughs> good call. I, I get, I get, I jumped the gun. No, I no, you're the- good. You're good. I just, you know, it's the same routine for me. But uh, I thought that was a nice segue. You know, we were talking about social media, and so I was like, "Hey, speaking of social media." But the, also, yours was a good option as well. 
not not taking away from that assumption. Um, but no, as always, everybody, if you could please give us a like and a follow on social media, that would be uh, greatly appreciated. We are on Facebook at Buckle Talk and on Twitter at Turnbuckle P. Like I said, give us a like and a follow, and you'll stay up to date on all things Turnbuckle Talk. Uh, with that being said, we'll segue again, if that's even a thing, from social media to social media, but in a different social media way. Uh, as Slade was about to mention, uh, it was it was a man. I don't see how you could be upset at the the, the weekend that wrestling just had. No, uh, from the I would say from the end of SmackDown, the last segment on SmackDown, from AEW Rampage. And uh, SummerSlam on Saturday. And then, dude, we didn't even mention it before we started recording, but they had an NXT TakeOver on Sunday. Right. Um, and I admittedly didn't watch the TakeOver. I was tired after work. Couldn't stay up. Not the fault of NXT. I fell asleep during the pre-show. I was just worn out. Uh, and I've been worn out every day after work, so I haven't went back and watched it. But I've, I know basically what happened. Um, but yeah, man, especially on social media, it was a really big weekend for wrestling. And I think everybody won in their own way. Um, what about you, Slade? What, what did you think of the weekend overall? And then we'll get down into the specifics. Yes. So the, I will say the last segment on SmackDown, you sent me a message and I kind of agreed with it that it, we'll, we'll talk about it more here in a second, but it kind of, it kind of gave away the, the ending to SummerSlam the next night. Right. It, it kind of did. Now, there there was the possibility of something else that I thought about after, but it, it turned out that, that your instinct was correct. And so, last segment of, of SmackDown happens, and AEW opens up from the United Center in Chicago, which, as folks know, is the Hometown of one Philip Brooks, who is known professionally as CM Punk, and I want to give I want to give AEW some credit here because it's the the easy thing to do is to hold that off to the last segment of the show and leave people hanging and and make people think, oh no, they may not have him. AEW, to their credit, opened with him. Like there was no doubt. Okay, he's here. We're they, you know. Cult of personality plays over the loudspeakers, and it's honestly, it's either just below or tied with the glass shattering pop that that Austin, Steve Austin, got the night Mick Foley won his WWF title for the first time. Like that's one of the loudest pops I've ever heard. And Punk did a really good promo saying how much he was how much he enjoyed being back in AEW. He felt like he was back in professional wrestling. He had left it for 16 years, which is obviously a kind of a shot at that WWE sports entertainment. Um they did a, he did a good job of kind of sell he he made Darby Allen and Sting seem like a, a threat. He didn't just dismiss them. He's like, you know, I know you guys are up there. I know you guys are tough. I know you guys are going to be a hard match, but just know that it's going to be tough to fight me in Chicago. But he hit all the right notes, and he seemed more energized and more enthusiastic than he did toward the end of his run in WWE. Yeah, I don't disagree with anything. Um, it's hard for me to personally rank, like, pops and, and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, if, if you've been around wrestling long enough, that was – it's up there. Um, 
Uh, man, it you 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 said that AEW did it right. I, I mean, I'll go further. They did it perfectly. Um, yes. You know, you couldn't have done that any better. And you know, I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm overly complimentary towards AEW in general. Um, there's specific things I do like, but just as a general thing, like, you know, it, it's not that many positive things overall for me, in my opinion, right? Um, I There's nothing, you couldn't have done that any better. I mean, Jim Cornette said it himself. He's like, I wouldn't have done it like that, but they did it better. And for Cornette to say that about AEW, you know, yes. um, that says a lot without saying very much. Because yeah, Cornette doesn't like complimenting AEW at all. No, he doesn't like complimenting so, any wrestling right now. No. Like, wrestling no. is the worst thing since freaking molded bread to him. Yes. Um, is a general overall product. Um, or either he's playing a part and he's playing it really damn well. Either way, he's entertaining. Um, but no, yeah, AEW, they, they knocked it out of the park. You know, I heard on Tony Schiavone's podcast that he said the original plan was for Tony to introduce, uh, punk, I guess, you know, in the middle of the ring or whatnot and announce him at the beginning of the show. And, uh, it, it would have been fine if they had done it like that. It would have been, you know, still would have got a huge pop as long as they did it at the beginning of the show and not hit it. Like you mentioned towards the end, uh, but it wouldn't have been what it was like how it went is how it should have went. Yes. Um, and so they knocked it out of the park and, you know, I anticipate, I don't know. I didn't watch dynamite yesterday cause it was my birthday and we weren't at the house, but I'm interested to see how much of an immediate boost dynamite got from rampage. You know what I mean? Um, because it's similar in my opinion to thunder and nitro. Um, because if you remember at the beginning, Thunder was very nitro heavy. Like it was a bunch of recaps. It was a bunch of promotion. It was a bunch of replays. You know what I mean? It yes. Was, there was a bunch of, it was used to promote nitro essentially. Um, and, you would, that, and, and because they only had like three matches, because it was an hour, you know, but they only went, had like three matches. Um, and it was like B card type matches for the most part, I believe. I didn't right. watch the last one. I don't know who the main event was, but irregardless, it I got that word from the Twitter chat, but that's an inside Twitter chat story, irregardless. <laughs> um, but uh yeah, I mean they couldn't have done it any better, man. No, they AEW, like I say, it 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 the easy thing to do on that would have been to wait till the very end of the show, but going ahead and doing it. It, it showed, look, he's here. We're not going to mess with you. I, I don't want to turn this into a bash session, but WWE has a bad habit sometimes of teasing something and then not delivering. Right. And you, you've, there's, you've sort of been conditioned to think if they tease something like this, it's going to be a letdown. Right. So doing it that way just alleviates that right off the bat you don't have to be like oh what are they going to do oh no they don't have punk they've got somebody else and right. punk also kind of sort of handed that uh daniel bryan's coming mm-hmm. yeah i think that's he said another, something about him what i was gonna say that was i think that's another like worst kept secret type thing yeah at this point oh yeah 
but he said like they he said something about him and some fans started doing the yes chance and punk said you know that's somebody else's shtick but y'all need to be just a little bit more patient and so that i mean again best kept secret worst kept secret um but again aw it's a good thing that aw exists because i i say i hope it makes Vince get better but i don't know that it will unless they start actually outdrawing and making more money than the wwe yeah that's why i think i think the next six weeks six eight weeks will be way more important than the last week was in the bigger picture yeah Uh, how can they capitalize on that you know yes because um, so, if you don't capitalize on it, then you're you you're, you've you've basically become a popcorn part, for lack of yeah. a better term. And you know, I think what's helping them that people. I mean, I guess I don't know if people realize it, but I don't see it talked about much on social media other than just when comparing and contrasting. But like, I think them not having eight hundred thirty-seven pay-per-views a year. Helps. That helps, you know, because, because it makes it mean it, it allows you to build stories better. Yeah. And it also it, allows you to um, it, it makes those matches more important because you're not seeing them all the time. Right. But also but one thing I'll go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say also they're introducing this format, I guess. Um, to a whole new generation of wrestling fans who've only grown up on WWE. Right. You know, because WWE started doing monthly pay-per-views, what, 96? 95 was in your house, so 95. Okay. But they, yeah. But they still had just, what, the big four? Or did they have more than that? Other than Let me think. So, starting in 90, so not 94, you had... Mania, you had Royal Rumble, Mania, King of the Ring, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. You had five. Five. And then they added the, what, three in your houses, I think, that year? It was 95. You had, I believe it was five. I was close. I'm trying to rem- I'm trying to remember because you had, you had Rumble, Mania, and then I think the first in your house, King of the Ring, in your house two, in your house three. I think it might it might have been four. You know what? Oh, so, wait, 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 I'm sorry. Survivor Series. It was SummerSlam four, Survivor Series five. So yes, there was five that first year. Sorry, my brain just froze for a second. Well, you were trying to math and. Count numbers and hold on, yeah. Quick one, two, three, four, five. Oh, by the way, I, I hit up the Google machine. Let's see, it was Royal Rumble, WrestleMania 11. They did King of the Ring, SummerSlam, Survivor Series. Yeah. And so there was five in your houses. Because they didn't, I don't think they did a pay per view in February so or March. Dude, or you maybe looking? Mania was late. March and they didn't no, do it you, in April. You had it right. Because I was like, because I, like, I know, because I, I knew the first in your house was in May. So you're not, you're not, you're not looking at a Google site right now. No, I'm not. This is off the dome. Yes. 
this, ladies and gentlemen, is why I wanted him to be my co-host. Like, how do you, and that's why he's a trivia champion, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, well, I've watched I, last year. I or I don't remember. Year. I don't remember the dates of last year's pay per views. Well, I got to do a big thing <laughs> last year watching them. I, and so, yeah, like, I, I remember too. the first one was on Father or on Mother's Day. Okay. So Mother's Day is in May. And then I was like trying to do the math. I'm like, I'm pretty sure they had one every month the rest of that year. Because if I remember right, in your house too, the, the main event was actually a lumberjack match. The match that was kind of remembered was the Shawn Michaels HBK or Jeff Jarrett Intercontinental title match where the road dog accidentally tripped Jeff Jarrett and they broke up and it was revealed that road dog was the one singing uh, be my baby tonight instead of Jeff Jarrett. Yeah. And then I don't remember three, I think four was called beware of dog or maybe great white North <laughs> and five was the, uh, and then five was Bret Hart versus bulldog in a match that was bloody. I, I'm sorry. I'm digressing. Yeah. You're just showing off at this point. <laughs> <I'm doing something. laughs> no nah, it's fine man you're good you're good like i said that's what i like about you because you can remember stuff like that that i can't i can remember the stuff that happened but you tell me to sit there and put it in like chronological order and da 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 but then when you pop the matches up out the images come to my head you know what i mean oh yeah and but, yeah so we didn't and the thing is growing up we didn't get pay-per-views he like, hustled he hustled for what? this knowledge. So, so when I was young, when I was a little bit older, I'm, I'm old enough to remember Channel 99 on the cable network. Mm-hmm. They had the pay per view scrambled. Yep. And you like like and you've mentioned this like if you ca- if you caught it just right, you could catch a glimpse of yeah, something if, happening. If you're if you're a younger person and you don't know what Slate's talking about, just remember um, what pay per view was it last month. Or the month before, on Peacock, uh, they like had social media had Peacock trending because it started glitching. Oh, it was not. It was uh, Money in the Bank. It was Money in the Bank. Yeah, it was right at the beginning of the men's Money in the Bank match. Mm-hmm. Uh, missed all the intros and everything, and I even said it then on Twitter. Like, this is what it was like trying to watch, you know, catch a random image every six seconds or whatever back in the day. Oh, it's, on the it was Plus even channel. worse for. It was even worse for me because. My brother's room, if you had the cable on Channel 99, you could actually hear what was going on. You couldn't mine, see it, but you could mine, hear. Mine would cut off, like it would cut in and out, kind of like the, the pit video type would, where you could see oh, my, like a mine was, shot. Mine was I dead would, silent, so I had nothing. Uh, yeah, no, so, mine would cut in and out like every, I mean, you couldn't really make out, like you'd get a headache trying to listen so hard, oh, yeah. to, you know what I mean? Uh, so, but yeah. Oh yeah, like 13, like 10, 11 year old Slade would go. I'd go to my little brother's room and we would Make watch, we would quote unquote watch the pay per views on channel 99 in his room and we just hear what was going on. We never saw anything. Yeah. That's funny. Um, and that's, and again, that's, and, and we, we've digressed. We've gotten way off, we've gotten way off topic, but we, I, I think, but I, I mean, I agree <laughs> with the idea. Like you don't need, you don't need 12 pay per views a year, I don't think truthfully well it's just and, it's overkill like i understand kind of why you did it back in the day when pay-per-view was more of a thing 
because it was a way to get some more revenue and you could and you and in your house was originally designed as like a cheaper alternative yep. so you like you could get a pay-per-view and you'd get like a couple of really good matches but you'd be paying 20 bucks instead of 40 bucks for the pay-per-view and it was always on like a tuesday night wasn't it there was a few times. There was a few times. Yes, they'd put them yeah. on Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights. They did. They the in I think your they house started out like that, didn't they? Yeah, the in and your house prototype evolved. is this Tuesday in Texas, which was in '91. Right. right. That's kind of the prototype for that, and then and then they just they just it it kind of bombed because it kind of saturated market. It was a bad time for it, but they they brought it back and. They ran them sometimes on weeknights and sometimes they ran them just on Sundays. You know, you might like, I think the first was on Mother's Day, but I think that was a kind of a, hey, hey, you know, Mother's Day, when you're done talk, when you're done hanging out with your mother and getting her presents, you know, watch wrestling with us. But you having 12 pay-per-views a year, you end up doing, you end up rushing through stories or you end up having the same match over and over and over again. And ultimately, I, I think that's more, does more harm than good. I agree. And so that's what uh, I think does kind of help them stand apart from WWE at this point. Yeah. Um, not was, doing it. Yeah, oh, wait, I, I was just going to say, and that was a 12 minute way of us circling back around the racetrack. Yes. So back to where we started. But no, I'm just kidding. That yeah. All things yeah. said, like like I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh AEW knocked it out of the park. Couldn't have done it any better. Yeah, they 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 really couldn't. I mean again, and again, I give I give Tony Khan and and whoever came up with the idea of, you know, hey, let's open with him and let's get it out of the way. And and it and it sort of keeps the crowd hot because that Chicago crowd was hot. Yeah. And I feel like if you would have waited on Punk, they would have eventually gotten agitated. Well, they're just taking over the show. Yeah. So going ahead and doing it and getting it out of the way and kind of keeping them up because once he, you know, once he leaves, you know, we know he's here. He knows he's part of it. Now let's get into the show. Right. And we're excited and we're happy. We don't want to be, we don't want to take over the show. We just want to be entertained now. Yep, and speaking of entertainment, dude, I'm just full of the, the segues today. Anyway, You are on it. <laughs> speaking of entertainment, uh, let's move on to SummerSlam on Saturday night, taking place from okay. the epicenter of entertainment in, well, one of the epicenters of entertainment in the United States, uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. A town I visited for the first time, the first time exactly six years ago today. Nice. Still haven't made it out there. Hope to one day. But yeah, it's we had, very nice. Oh, I bet we had SummerSlam. Um, we're just going to kind of just start talking about the pay per view, man. Uh, instead of yeah, just recapping all twelve matches, um, and we'll just start rambling and see see where that takes us. So, um, I was correct that the the Bliss and Eva Marie match just it just it just didn't move the needle at all. No, um, I guess the big story coming out of it is Dewdrop is officially split from Eva Marie. She, after the match, grabbed the mic and said, and the loser of the match is Eva Marie, and she walked off. Um, but, yeah, nothing there. Um, Biggie beat Baron Corbin, got his money in the bank briefcase back. 
apparently Corbin has has hit it big in Vegas though. Oh yeah. They've they they like start, I don't know if you've seen that social media stuff where Corbin's yeah. starting to w- like win stuff back in Vegas, which you know this is going to end invariably lead to him blowing it all. Absolutely. And and losing everything. You know that's where this is going to lead. And this 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 is just a excuse me. This is an example with Baron Corbin of what I wish they would do with Alexa Bliss, man. Like you did that when you initially turned her, but there's been no evolution. Like there's been evolution in this Corbin gimmick, you know? Yes. Um, and it's keeping you interested regardless of how cheesy it is, because at the and, core of it, it is cheesy as hell, but oh, you yes. can look past that because it's, it's entertaining. Right. And this is, again, this is the most, to me, this is the most entertaining Corbin's ever been. Well, and it's also, absolutely, I agree. But it's also an example of how two talents, you know, in this case, it being Alexa Bliss and Baron Corbin, can be doing their jobs. Like, I don't think, like I said, I don't think anybody faults Alexa Bliss. You know what I mean? No. Um, But they're both doing their jobs, but they're both in completely different positions right now. Like, yeah but it's both they're both what i'm getting at is they're both like cheesy at the core just cheesy stories right but if you do it but but if you know how to if you know how to play it right you can make cheesy work well that's what i'm saying i don't know what they're doing with alexa is it working yeah and i you know that could be the people who are writing for alexa and then you know Conversely, with the people writing for Corbin, could be different people, could be the same. I don't freaking know, you know. But I think part, and I'll, and I'll be honest with you, a lot of it now, especially so much of what Alexa was doing was built around her being under the control of the fiend. Yeah, the fiend's yeah. gone; he's not coming back. Yeah. So you should have like put the kibosh on that, done something once you released him. Yeah, because she's kind of still doing all this supernatural weird stuff, but there's no real way of paying that off. Right. Um, but yeah, so that was kind of interesting. Um, I was we was also right about the the Sheamus Damian Priest match. Priest won the oh, U.S. Yeah. title, and he they beat the hell out of each other yeah that was uh, if how if we'd have done like confidence picks or something that would have been as many points as i could throw on it Um, yes i knew that was happening it had to Um, yeah man how about we talk about the elephant in the room i think from summer yeah we're yeah i was fixing to get there so Um, well there's two there's two elephants in the room but i think they're there's one elephant that I don't think too many people are happy about. And there's one that I think people are kind of intrigued by. The one that people ain't happy about. Is that the one we're going with? Yeah, yeah. I was thinking about yeah. the man. So I have a lot of problems with what they did. A lot. Um, if you don't know, if you if you're if you haven't been paying attention, if you uh, if you've been out of the country, if you had amnesia or something, um, uh, um Bianca Belair was was supposed to defend the SmackDown Women's Championship against uh, Sasha Banks in a WrestleMania rematch. 
last weekend or weekend before last, they started talking about how Sasha and Bianca were missing house shows and people internally thought that there was going to be a chance that that match wouldn't happen. WWE basically ignored this for the whole week. Um, they 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 um, advertised this match up to the day of the show, up to the moment before the match was supposed to happen. And then they they even played the the video promo package for the match before the match was supposed to start. Bianca Belair comes down. They announce that Bianca will not be able to compete, and Carmella will be taking her place uh, for a championship match. And then Becky Lynch's music hits. Becky Lynch comes down. Um, Carmella is dismissed or something. I don't even know really what happened to her. I just know she wasn't there anymore. Becky challenges Bianca to a match. She puts her hand out like it's going to be a handshake. She hits a cheap shot. Uh, Uranagi or a rock bottom or the, the manhandle slam. And... One, two, three, 20 seconds later, Bianca Belair is no longer your SmackDown Women's Champion. It is, in fact, Becky Lynch. Um, I, I, what the hell? I got nothing. I got, I got, I, I mean, I got a lot to say, but I just got, yeah. it's, I told you in our group, in our chat, that it's the most short sighted thing I've ever seen the WWE do. Yeah. Um, the, the rumblings are now that Becky Lynch, this was her heel turn. And I can see that because, you know, cheap shot in the champion and, and getting a, but unless you prove that she had like brass knucks in her elbow or whatever, it just looks like a, you know, a punch and a clean win. So I don't understand it. Like you built Bianca up for so long to have it in like that. I just, I just don't understand it. All right. Well, let me, let me try. And, and, and this idea just ran through my head, but let me run it by you and see if this helps at all. Um, okay. When is the brand uh, draft? When are they? Hold on a minute. Let me look. WWE draft 2021. It will be uh, September. Okay, hold on. A it will be Monday and next Friday. The 6th? Uh, 30th and the 3rd. So the draft is next week? Supposedly. Okay. If that takes place, then my theory that just ran through my head is absolutely correct. <clears throat> Here's just the theory, and then I'll get into it. Uh, the theory is they got Bianca to drop it to somebody formidable so they can move her to Raw. That way they can freshen up Raw because USA's pissed that SmackDown has everybody. Right. And they'll put her, and I think I think Alexa might, because it looks like Alexa fast-forwarding fast forwarding to Raw, uh, Alexa looks to be coming after Charlotte, right? Um, right. And I can think I can think of this as being a way for WWE to get Alexa at this pay-per-view, get Bianca over on Raw to build up something for Survivor Series with Charlotte. Um, right. 
that would make sense. Like you said, being short-sighted because in that, if they're doing that, then I can understand why they're being short-sighted because they can still throw her in the title picture and it's still against somebody like Charlotte. Right. And right. I think they think, and in this scenario, I'm using Bruce Pritchard as they like, that's who I'm talking about because I think this is all Bruce Pritchard's idea um, because it has his fingerprints all over it. But I'm thinking that that could be their mindset is we need to be short-sighted to try and help out for a long term on the other show because that network's pissed at us, right? Who do we right. want to send over there? We got to send somebody, send Bianca. That's my theory. Um, I said it I said it was 100% right if that takes place next week. So what if I'm wrong? Sue me. You won't get anything. Anyways, um, so I, I didn't care for it in the moment. Um, you know, I wasn't like the rest of social media that was going scorched earth about it. Um, I, I like the swerve, right? I thought they set the swerve up nicely. And you were mentioning, you know, uh, them advertising the show and promoting the show all the way up to the last minute. That's where I think um, is the biggest Bruce Pritchard influence because if you ever listen to his podcast and if Conrad's ever grilling him about a pay-per-view or a certain show and he's in a match change right before the show, he's always, why did the match change it? And Bruce always says, card subject to change. Um, and it had kind of that old style feel to it where, you know, before internet, like back in the 70s or 80s, where you, you get to the building and the card might change and you didn't know about, you know what I mean? Um, right. And so I think that's a big Bruce Pritchard move. Um, and I think they were just trying to get the biggest pop of for Becky by doing that. Um, they could have mentioned that Sasha was out on Friday, a day before, and, but then social media is still going to be speculating that it's Becky. You know what I mean? So I think that was Bruce Pritchard just saying, hey, car subject to change. We can do it like this. Um because, I mean, from what I've read, and I've only read like two or three sources, but from what I've read, they didn't know until like right before the show that she wasn't going to be able to go. Um, yeah, it might have been one of those, we think she can, we think she can, we think she can, yeah. we think she can. It was like a day of decision. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't a week in the making, like they decided the day of. Right. So I could just see them going that way. Uh, I enjoy sitting her back, obviously. Who doesn't? She's great. Um, but I wasn't a big fan of the match itself, whatever you want to call it, the squash. Um, yeah. But I think that I think that's their thinking in terms of, hey, we've got to be short-sighted here. Here's an opportunity to satisfy this network, this other network. Um, like I say, it could be wrong, but I could definitely see that being the case. I, I wouldn't have even... If you're going to do a 20 second match, I wouldn't have even minded like a, a flash, a flash pin. Like, right. or think, like, yeah, Bianca goes for something and Becky rolls her up and, and hell, have her hold the tight to have this angle shot where you can't really see it. Yeah. If you it, want to go with Becky heel turn. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. No, it could have been done because, a lot better. Because if you're going with her having a heel turn, she, I mean, the cheap shot was kind of heelish, but it isn't inconsistent with what she was doing before she left right 
Like, that's not inconsistent with who her character has been. So is it heelish or is it just who she's always been? But if you had her, like, handshake, you know, Bianca gets a couple of shots in and she throws another punch, Becky ducks, rolls her up and grabs the tights. Where, But the, when you see the shot, you don't see her grab the tights. Right. And then, like, they reveal it later on. Like, oh, she had the tights. She didn't just, yeah. Then you could go with the heel turn. But the way you did it, it looks relatively clean. Yeah, it could, it could have been done much better um, from the execution standpoint of that. But just yeah. thinking back on it and thinking, you know, just trying to look into it, see, like, what – there had to be some meaning behind it. Like, that was an important match, an important moment. Like, they weren't just going to – Oh, screw it. Let's just whatever. Who cares? You know, that's going to be one they're right. putting thought into. Um, so I felt like there had to be something behind it. It couldn't just have been a blindly done. Like Vince woke up pissed off at Bianca Belair Saturday morning. Um, yeah, I don't so, think it's that. No, that's yeah. And so I think there's something behind it. And maybe, like I said, if that if that's what comes to fruition with uh, Bianca going to Raw. Um, I, I think people will forget about it fairly quickly if she's putting a program with Charlotte. Yeah. You know, and that, that could, be, and speaking of Charlotte, that could be why they put the title on her. Yeah. Or Bianca to come back because that was a quick switch, even for Charlotte's standards, you know? Um, and well, I don't know if you've seen Meltzer, but, but Meltzer's apparently reporting that they're, they're wanting to get her as a lot of title reigns. They also don't want her to have a lot of long-term title reigns. Well, so a lot, yeah. I mean, yeah. You could having Bianca come and take the belt off of her works. Yeah, it does. And like I said, it'll make people forget about the SummerSlam moment. Um, I think if that's the case. But yeah, uh, what about do you want to do you want to talk about Lesnar? Or do you want to talk about uh, Goldberg? I, I, I want to go Goldberg. I, have a, I was about to say I have a couple things to say about Goldberg. First of all, Goldberg having a title match, as I said this last episode, having a title match the year of our Lord 2021 is sad. Yeah. Um, so the guy, right guy won, Lashley wins with a uh, with a referee stoppage because Lesnar's leg, or not Lesnar, sorry, Goldberg's leg just wasn't, it wouldn't hold up. Fine. It, unique. Kind of sort of protects Goldberg because you know he doesn't eat the pin, but it makes Lashley look like a badass for beating Goldberg so bad he couldn't continue. So for a minute, I'm like, okay, this is great, this is awesome, we got it. And then Lashley decides to start destroying Goldberg. I'm like, uh, and then the coup de gras, um, Goldberg's son, whose name I can't think of right now, sad to say. Cage. Yes. Jumps on Lashley's back. Lashley flips him over, puts him in the hurt lock, um, and then finally MVP gets him to let go. Um, Lashley walks out. MVP tries to smooth things over and says he didn't know, you know, he got, you know, your kid jumped on his back. He couldn't have known who it was, that he had to protect himself. And damn it, they're going to set us up for a Goldberg Lashley rematch. Goldberg's probably going to win, ain't he? I, I have that feeling. But 
the first thing I want to say about this Goldberg thing, thing being match, I legitimately get concerned for people when they're in the ring with Goldberg now. Yes. Like his matches, I'm almost kind of like, kind of want to put a hand over my eye and like peek out, you know, and because every time he tries to, I mean, Lashley's a big dude. Don't get me wrong. Like, he's a big dude. But yes. every time he picked Lashley up, it, oh, there was one where he landed, almost landed straight on his head. Uh, mm-hmm. Goldberg, Goldberg couldn't help get him over. But uh, storyline-wise, to me, uh, I mean, wrestling, it, it is core. Wrestling is outlandish in the whole concept. You know what I mean? Um, right. I'm fine with outlandish storylines because uh, most of wrestling storylines are outlandish. But, you know, having, uh, like you said, just Goldberg being in a title match, just coming in cold, um, and then all the way down to his son, who's 15, being involved. Like, I I enjoy it because it feels like an old-school style um, storyline where it's just outlandish at the core. But um, I liked how MVP defended you know, uh, Lashley, he's like, hey, because this is a plausible defense, right? And we didn't know who that was. Like, it could have been a fan. It could have been anybody jumping on him. He came and yeah, you know, like, got it, him from the back. And kayfabe, he was justified. Right. And that, and, and I like that part, like that explanation where it, it, it's still outlandish, but he's bringing in the realism. Like, yeah, you would do that too. Like, we're trained. Like, we're, anybody knows you're running the ring, you're getting beat up. Uh, mm-hmm. And they didn't show they did they did a good job of not showing him on camera. Like that's one of the few camera cuts or angles or whatever shots that Kevin Dunn gets right. And they got it where he, you just see him as soon as he gets on his back. Like you didn't even see him get down to the ring, which he probably came through the crowd or whatever. But um I, I thought it was right. well done outside of actually Goldberg, um, which isn't yeah. rare to say. You know, I thought I did think that they gave Goldberg too much offense. Um, but uh, I'm like you. I think Goldberg's getting a rematch, and I think it's going to be in Saudi Arabia because uh, they announced they're going back to Saudi Arabia in October, I believe. And so Goldberg said in a recent interview that he had two matches left after this one at SummerSlam on his contract. So I could see him winning the next one against Lashley for the title at that pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia and then having one more match maybe at Rumble uh, where he retires and gets the championship taken off of him in a symbolic way. Yes. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you. The rematch is definitely happening. I was hoping, and I think it was your brother that had replied to one of my tweets or no, I replied to one of his tr- tweets and I, you know, he said, um, Oh, Goldberg's going to win it, or something like that. And I replied to him. I was like, I just hope Lashley wins, dominates Goldberg, Goldberg leaves, and Lesnar comes out. Because I was hoping that it would be Lesnar and Lashley at the Saudi Arabia pay per view. Yes. Uh, so I was kind of extra disappointed just based on my assumptions when I saw that finish because I had the same thought. Like, there's definitely a rematch. Um, if, oh, the sun, if the sun wouldn't have come out, then you wouldn't think there would have been a rematch. But then Goldberg was able to have that real baby face moment of, you know, caring for his son and being angry and whatnot. 
Oh, absolutely. But yeah, it's, we're definitely getting a Lashley and Goldberg rematch. You know, probably it, be yeah, it makes in a, sick. And it'll probably be in a hundred degree weather. Um, so yeah. Hopefully, they find a way to keep Goldberg hidden as best as possible in his next match. Um, Once again, the best way to do that is to the best way to do that is to have him beat up Ziggler some more. Yeah. But, you know, we're going with him in a title picture. Yep. Oi. Oi, oi, oi. So. What else you got before we talk about the main event? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, Yeah, I can't remember too much. Uh, what about the Xavier Woods thing with uh, Miz and Morrison was just uh, no. I did like his costume, his get up. Yeah, I was gonna say the best thing about that was his Razor Ramon outfit. Like that was great. I'll I'll be honest. I watched that segment TV. I couldn't hear the TV while I was watching it during that time. So I don't even know what was said. I just saw him squirt in the water, but I was just, uh, I was, I was in, entrenched in, entrenched in his machismo that he was oozing out in that outfit. Yes. Um, he nailed that. But yeah. Um, what do you think about no Dominic and Rey Mysterio split up? Because they, they still uh, lost to the Usos, but they're still kind of together. Do you think? That could be coming on SmackDown, or I think uh, that's coming. Like I, it, it's such an obvious evolution. Yeah, yeah, it's such an obvious thing at this point that I, I I'm surprised they didn't pull the trigger on it at, at SummerSlam. But I guess it's one of those that was so obvious they decided to hold off. Could have been, and they had some other surprises in in store that were bigger, so it would have got overlooked. Um, Maybe on, they think on SmackDown they can promote it better or whatever. We'll get more attention. Um, we'll see. But, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's obvious that's coming. Um, anything right. else from SummerSlam that stood out to you before we get to the main event? Uh, Charlotte winning the belt again. but I was we, right we, about that. We've for covered the, that. Um, for the wrong reason. I kinda, they did it on Raw. I kind of like this Nikki Ash and – or Nikki A.S.H., or whatever you want to call her, Nikki Cross, and Rhea Ripley <laughs> tagged him. I think there's potential there. I didn't even see that match. Um, but I heard good Nikki, things, also, or read good things on social media about it. Nikki as uh, – Nikki with a, with Rhea – Nikki as the over-exuberant sidekick to Rhea is very um, um, indifferent person personality. Actually, that has some potential. I'm actually okay with that pairing. Um, it could be uh, Orton and Riddle-esque. I was going to say, I, was, I haven't mentioned Orton and Riddle winning the tag titles from AJ and Omos, but um, my brother actually said he thought that they would win. Yeah, I, I, I was glad to see Orton and Riddle win it. But, but um, my brother mentioned that he thought that Riddle might turn on Orton, but it didn't happen. And I, I'm intrigued by by uh, rated R, or sorry, not RK Bro as our tag team champs. Yeah, uh, I, I'm hoping they're setting this up for a WrestleMania match between the two. Yes, um, that's what I'm hoping. That'll give them plenty of time to be together and be on top for a little while, and then start their decline. 
um, leading up to their WrestleMania match against each other. Because I think they could have a damn good match, especially at WrestleMania. Yes. I mean, but, Riddle's so good in ring, and so is Orton. He really is, and yeah. Orton, and Orton is, is on a heater. Oh, yeah. we forgot one other thing. I want to mention it before we do uh, the the Lesnar thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Edge versus Rollins, it was the match tonight. It was, absolutely. And, and, and we got the brood entrance from yes. Edge. Yes, it was like beautiful. That, like, that took me back. Yeah, it did me as well. Uh, that was, they did that, you know, talking about how AEW knocked the punk thing out of the park. Obviously, the brood entrance isn't on the level of the punk debut, but in terms of knocking it out of the park, I think they did with that entrance uh, and the match. Uh, essentially, it was a really good match. You know, I mentioned that it would be the match of the night, in my opinion, on our preview episode that we did last week, and it did not disappoint. No, it was a really fun match. They did callbacks. You know, uh, Edge did a glam slam uh, on Rollins, yeah. which was great. Uh, so, they, yeah, there was a lot of – I love how they let Edge just – he's able to make the callbacks with the – with the new era uh, really well, in my opinion. Because um, a whole new generation of people, once again, like I was mentioning about the AEW pay-per-view formats earlier, whole new generation of people just got inter- introduced to the brood in a, in a way. You the know. brood was awesome, Dave. Oh, it was, it was great. And that theme song is top 10. That's a bop. Yeah. Certified bop. Certified bop um, from Slade himself. That's great. Um, it's a... Like that was one of those I used to love when I was a little kid listening to. Like, there's something. Oh, it's great. It's still can... great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It it's still it still slaps. <laughs> Two, 23 years later, that thing still slaps. No, it's, it's a good. It's a great song. Uh, so they did that right, and then they just continued the momentum into into the match. And uh, yeah, Edge and Rollins they put on a show, uh, and it was fun. And speaking of fun. Uh, I said it would be the most entertaining match of the night. And in my opinion, uh, it was. We had the main event, which was uh, John Cena versus, uh, geez, John Cena versus Roman Reigns uh, in a championship match. John Cena going for number 17. Uh, Roman, you you know, as soon as uh, they did that promo on Friday, the go-home show, and Roman said if he – loses he would leave wwe you knew roman wasn't losing uh, so I agree but with that, and, I, and that it, was the thing i was going to say that i thought spoiled it i did have one other thought though yeah i was just going to say i don't think that like ruined the match for me at all but i still knew you know i was just more so looking for the spot when it would happen other than rather than who's going to win this match i really don't know like you knew reigns was going to win i did but there was in the back of my mind i'll admit this in the back of my mind i wondered if Reigns had gotten a health scare and needed some more time off what with the delta variant hitting the way it was and him you know being a leukemia survivor so like there's a side of this like i wonder if he's like trying to to get, you know, do this, and if he has a health issue that he needs to take care of, 
give him an out so that he doesn't have to have the belt and have to be on shows. And then he can always come back because hell, you know, you could you could build a guy to be even worse and you need head of the table to save the day if you right. absolutely had to. But right. yeah, I, like I, I I knew that he wasn't that was the only thing I was like, that's the only other way it makes sense to add this stipulation. Either as it turns out, Cena was not gonna be back after he had what one more advertised and he's already announced that he's not coming back for a yeah. while. I think he mentioned in his promo Friday night, he mentioned see you at WrestleMania in Dallas um, when he was talking really fast. So yeah. I think that'll be the next time we see him. You know, it might be just a special appearance where he doesn't even appear before the show. Yeah, so we don't know what that necessarily means, but um, it was good to see him back in the ring. That's for sure. I like the new oh, yeah. logo they have for him, the Super Cena logo. Um, I like it. yeah. The, the the match was entertaining, um, but like I said, predictable but not in a bad way, in my opinion. It uh, it it did everything it needed to do to tell a story it wanted to tell, and then to further the story and add a whole new set of questions for Roman Reigns and his future as champion. The Beast returned, Slade. The Beast. Yes, he did. Brock Lesnar himself. And, and let's just, first of all, that was a great, I, I want to point out, it was a great match. Cena was in his bag, and Roman Reigns might be the best near-fall taker I've ever seen. He, he's like, really he good. It, it's always 2.99999. Yeah, he's really he good at that. Out. Like, he, he nails the timing. Really like does. to the point that you're like, he's actually going to lose this. He's actually fixing to lose this belt. Oh, which works for this character because like it gives you just enough hope, right. and it, and you think he has been gotten, and then he kicks out and then he wins. Yeah, um, he's really good at that. You're right. Yeah. So after the match, you know, Reigns talks some trash, and then the music hits um i don't know what jim johnston was on the day he decided to compose brock lesnar's theme music i don't know but i'm glad he but was. i don't know if there's ever been a theme song that fit a character or fit a wrestler more than that that guitar riff followed by the doom 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 fits brock lesnar oh it's ever. perfect it's perfect I love it. You can't help to not react when you hear that, you know? Yeah. Like, that song, yeah, like you said, from the intro all the way, it just makes you react or, like, at least take that guy seriously. Like, And then you see him, and you're like, oh, shoot. Um, But, yeah, well, anytime his entrance pops, uh, it's it's fun. And I think people were wanting him back, and I was – like I said, I was hoping he returned to to feud with Lashley heading into Saudi Arabia because I know they were going to want some big, big matches for that card. But I'm fine with this. Oh, because, because it, it's like I mentioned, it, it raises a whole new set of questions for Roman Reigns and for Paul Heyman. Yes, um, the Heyman, and, and the so, Heyman connection. And 
it's there's something different, and I, and I thought this back years ago that there that there's money to be made in Brock Lesnar as a as either an anti-hero or a, or a we have to turn to you because you're the last hope we have to defend us from this even greater threat. And at the time, I thought well, the final authority made perfect sense. Like Lesnar versus the authority works because Lesnar doesn't have to change who he is. Yeah, but if you go well, after the authority, he and he ha- go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say he he has a little stone cold in him in that sense. Yeah, um, because you like, believe that about Brock Lesnar, like this is real life. Brock Lesnar is, you know, this this is Brock, and and you had that with Austin. Um, with Brock, like Brock has made it openly clear he only cares about money. He, I mean, he he cares about being paid. He cares about he enjoys putting on a good show for the fans. I think that's the thing that kind of gets overlooked with him. I think a lot right. of times people just assume that, oh, he doesn't, you know, he just wants to get his money and get out. He wants to put on a good show for the fans. He does. And he has. Yeah. And he, and, but like he, he has openly said, like, I don't respect the people I'm in the ring with. I, I don't want to hurt them, but I feel like I can defeat anybody that I'm across the ring from. Right. That if anything were to go down, if somebody were to try any funny business, I'd kill them. So, Lesnar is this guy that you turn to to save the day because, hell, we've tried everybody else. Who else, who can stop this guy? Right. Lesnar is a perfect foil for that. Right. He is a perfect foil for that. Um, I don't know that I love the long ponytail look, but it's kind of terrifying. Kind of. Because, I mean, it's Brock. Brock's yes. scared. He is. And he's always Brock's been clean shaven. Brock's a 42-year-old man or 43-year-old man that I have no doubt would rip my arms off and beat me with him if he got if he got mad enough at me. 100%. He's a monster. But yeah, I, I agree with you on that premise that he could be a good face in his own way. My only concern yeah. with that is your baby faces have to talk and is he going to talk? And if so, how much? Um because I don't think giving him long promos is smart. Um, that's never been his forte. And so I, I, I hope they have something up their sleeve in that regard to help him out with that. Um, but, hey, I could be wrong. Maybe he starts becoming freaking Roddy Piper or something on the mic. Who knows? Lesnar Lesnar's a better talker than people give him credit he for. Is, it's just the way it sounds. But yeah, like Lesnar is one of those guys that, that the voice doesn't match the persona. And it kind of takes you, you know, when you first hear it, it takes you out of what you're listening to. And you, you know what I mean? Like you're not listening to what he's saying. You're listening to him talk, which is two totally different things. One of the things, things they did for him a few years ago that I loved was when he would do those pre-match promos, but they would pre-tape them. Yeah. Those were great. Right. But he was also a heel then. Because right. I think I think you probably remember the one where he talked about he was going to leave before SummerSlam 14, where he was going to leave Cena in a pool of his own vomit and pee and right. blood and no 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 it, vomit and blood and urine. Yeah, like no. that's that's the Lesnar I think of. No. Um, 
but Le- the thing is, Lesnar wouldn't necessarily have to talk a lot. Like, he could just be like, I came down here because I got tired, you know, and I'm trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with Paul Heyman, what, how, why he's involved in this. Yeah. I mean, th- there's so many ways you can go with it. Right. But well, yeah, it's definitely like I said, it raises a lot of questions for for Roman Reigns and for Paul Heyman in this instance that they haven't been asked yet. Uh, in terms of Brock Lesnar and their relationship, uh, there being Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar, their relationship together, and then that can go, you know, many different ways, and then you can bring Reigns into it. So it's something that can be played out. Uh, or maybe Lesnar's just coming back for Saudi Arabia to, like you say, get that money and go home. And then I don't know. I don't know if he signed a new contract or what. Um, but I'm still excited to see these two or these three, including Paul Heyman, in this scenario yes. um, together at this time. Absolutely. So, yeah, man. Well, let's talk about Monday Night Raw before we get out of here. All right. What I'll, I'll be honest, because we were kind of talking about it before we got on the uh, podcast together and you said you had some things to say and it got me to thinking and like I just realized, like, I think the last three Rawls, two or three Rawls, Monday Night Rawls, um, I'll say it again. I've, I've not tweeted very much during the Rawls and I've turned them off about halfway through. Um, they just haven't been keeping my attention. They're just and, not very good. And um, I'd, I'd, I'd honestly, I'd rather spend those couple hours I have before I go to sleep, like playing PlayStation or playing with my son. You know what I mean? Uh, and it's not that it's in, it's weird because it's not terrible. Like I start out watching entertained, but about halfway through, I've just been getting bored. Um, and it, and it can't keep my attention. Uh, and I can't put a finger on it, but outside of Riddle and Orton and maybe one or two other things, I'm not really intrigued by anything on Raw. Well, we did have the Miz and Morrison split. I saw that. Um, and and, and uh, I'm fine with that, happy with that. I think it was time for that to happen. And I think they can have something entertaining together if done correctly. So I'm not mad yes. at that. And I think that could be a potential positive. Uh, and I think the ultimate goal in that would be to get Morrison over since Miz is, you know, Morrison is a more great deal to do that. He is. He absolutely is. Uh, so I like, like that. And like I said, Ordle, uh, written and written, Orton and Riddle, I enjoy them. Everybody knows that that listens to this. Um, they're magic together. Um, so there's and Lashley, I like what Lashley's doing. So there's a few things that I do like on Raw, but overall, I miss the hurt business. I will say that I, I do, back. I do, but I, I'm trying to just, I'm trying but to just Lashley take Lashley in for, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to take them in for what they're doing now. You're trying to block out that 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 past you're talking about because I don't want to get sad about it um, because yes. I think what they're doing with both of them right now is really good. Um, so like oh, I said, they're, they're, there's a few things that I'm entertained by on Raw. Just overall, for a three-hour show, I it's, can't. It, there's too much that, that slogs. Yeah. It's, there's just too much that drags. And I, I do want to say that, like, MVP gets a lot of credit for me because he took what was supposed to be 
a one-off shot last year at the Royal Rumble so his kid could see him wrestle and a Monday Night Raw match against Rey Mysterio because that was his kid's favorite wrestler. And he turned that into a gold a gold mine that he yeah. that he created. And the WWE's doing right by Lashley, I've got to say. They yeah. have they figured out and Lashley was a guy that when he was in there the first time, he wasn't a good talker at all. No. Nope. That man has turned into a damn good promo. Yeah. Have you uh like MVP is a great mouthpiece too, but whoo. Yeah. Have you watched his uh, Broken Skull sessions? I have Peacock? not. And I'm a- I was actually fixed. I'm gonna probably watch that as soon as we get done with this. To be honest with you, because it's I've really good. It. It's really good. Why is an interesting guy? He is. He's had an interesting upbringing and and life before wrestling. I guess you could say. Yes. So yeah, I'd highly recommend that for anybody that hasn't seen it to go watch the Bobby Lashley Broken Skull sessions on Peacock. Uh, it, it was really entertaining in its own way. I do wonder if they're going to have – so the other thing they did was it looked like they set up – I didn't like the fact that Drew McIntyre came down and saved the day the other day for the Lashley thing because we've seen Drew and Lashley a million times. Um, but I am curious to see if they go with Lashley and Sheamus in a heel versus heel match or if they go with Lashley versus Priest or Lashley versus Priest versus Sheamus or what. If it's Lashley and Sheamus, again, as I said before, you're going to get a physical, brutal match if those two go at it. Yeah. Those two will beat each other, and they will beat each other, and they will beat each other. That's why I'm a big fan. That's one of the reasons I like Walter so much over in NXT. He lost his title to Dragunov, and the match I really need to see. Walter's matches look rough. And... I enjoy it. Yep. Like they look physical. I, I enjoy watching a good physical match. No, I do as well. Uh, a good physical match is, is really can be really entertaining to watch, you know? Oh, yeah. But yeah, so Raw, it just, uh, you know, and I think a lot of the issues with Raw are issues that can't be fixed. The main one being is, is three hours. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Raw's just, yeah. That's, they, it, so yeah. those of us who are old enough to remember WCW, I think you are. You can, if you remember WCW Nitro, started out as a, as a one hour show. Yep. Then it, it bumped did. up to two hours. That's right. The beginning of the end for WCW is when Nitro went to three hours. Facts. Because it was way, there was way too much. Tell them. It's just way too much. Because, you, and even with the WCW having a good, like, we've talked about this, the 97, 98, 99 WCW roster was loaded. Yeah, you had basically all the luchadors. You had your Guerreros, your Benoit's, your Jericho's, your Malenko's your Saturns for your technical stuff. You had the high plot, you had the Mysterio, Psychosis, Juventud Guerrera, um, those guys for your, your cruiserweights, Billy Kidman down the line. 
And then you had your big names like Hogan, Flair, Piper, Savage, Sting, Bret Hart down the line. So you had a loaded thing. But even with all that talent, three hours was too much. I agree. And WWE doesn't have that much talent on this roster. I mean, it's got, I'm not saying there's not good guys on the roster. I'm not saying there's not some legit Hall of Fame big names on the roster. They do. They don't have that much depth. Yeah. And if three hours was too much for that WCW, it's way too much for what the what WWE is now. But I also know that it's not going to change because the ad revenue is too much for the WWE to get rid of. Right. So that means we're going to have to deal with a three-hour slog every week, and that's just frustrating. Yeah, hopefully they'll start going with a couple other things and find a way to make it more yes. of a, a watchable show three hours through. Because that's the thing. Like, Brawls did go to three hours for a little while, but they were special episodes. So you knew when a three-hour Raw was going on, hey, something big's happening. Yep. Every week, it just it – just, uh, it's too much. I agree, Slade. So, we got anything else for the people? Uh, I don't right offhand. Do you? Oh, man, I think we covered a lot of stuff. We did. Um, like I said at the beginning, though, before we got into it, it was just I don't see how you could say anybody lost this weekend when it comes to professional wrestling. No. I think everything was elevated. Um, and it's just on everybody you know, AEW, NWWE, and whoever else to capitalize on this. And it's going to take a little while to figure out if they did or not and, and, and see the results. But um, this could have been a really, really net positive weekend in the overall grand scheme of things for wrestling. Um, oh, absolutely. If, 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 you know, they capitalize on this opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I was very entertained. Like I said, starting at the, the end of SmackDown on Friday night through AEW Rampage and then SummerSlam. Um, so I enjoyed it. Um, anything else for the people, Slade? You thought of anything yet? Uh, there, the only other thing I can think of is AEW last night, uh, Punk did another promo. But the other big thing that was kind of mentioned is Jericho said that he would leave AEW if MJF beat him again. Interesting. So, um, I don't know how that's going to end. I know Jericho's contract's supposed to be up fairly soon. Right. Hmm. I don't know. I just don't. I don't know where this is going. Yeah. Well, that could be a good thing or a bad thing. Have to wait and see. No. I guess. I think I, I'm. I'm interested. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Um, but other than that, I think that's about all I've got. All right, then well, I'm pretty dried up as well. Like I said, I think we got most everything covered. Um, okay. So, yeah, okay. just uh, like I said at the beginning of the episode, please give us a like and a follow on social media on Facebook and Twitter on Facebook. We are at Buckle Talk. And on the Twitter, we are at Turnbuckle P. Like I say, give us a like and a follow. It would be greatly, greatly, greatly appreciated. Uh, and look for a new episode to be out next week as well. Uh, we'll probably do a watch along of some sort next week. Uh, you'll have to tune in to find out. But in the meantime, I hope everybody is staying safe out there. There's a hurricane coming through. If you're in the southeast, if you're in South Mississippi or South Louisiana in the next few days, 
Um, hope you stay safe, stay dry. Um, and overall, Slade, you included, stay happy. We will. We'll try. Perfect. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll tune in next time for another episode of Turnbuckle Talk. Y'all have a good one.